This is the Filmcast. Hello and welcome to the Filmcast, making you a hot cup of film. I'm Mark. I'm Theo. And I'm Daniel. Right, this week we're going to start off with a section called In Cinemas. In Cinemas! This week, Dan, Theo and I went to see... Django Unchained, the new film by Quentin Tarantino. This follows Jamie Foxx as Django, who is a um, a slave in kind of plantation times, and um, Christoph Waltz plays a bounty hunter who kind of takes him under his wing. Doctor Schultz. Doctor Schultz. Doctor Schultz. Kill white folks and they pay you for it. What's not to like? I like the way you die, boy. He is a rambunctious sword, ain't he? <laughs> What's your name? Django. The D is silent. Um, yeah, I really liked Leonardo DiCaprio in this movie as well. He plays a um, a plantation owner called Monsieur mm-hmm. Candy. Monsieur Candy. And um, he is perfectly villainous. Theo, what did you think of this movie? Uh, it was really, really good. It was one of the best films I've seen in a long time, actually. It was... We all came out of the cinema just saying that that was the best £7.50 we have spent in a long time kind of thing. And yeah, it was it was really, really... It was enjoyable. It wasn't the smartest movie, but it had some tense moments like uh, Tarantino kind of conversation kind of things you'd expect. And yeah, it was just full of action and violence and all the good so stuff. So many nods to old westerns as well. You had the opening titles, which were very... Sim- I mean, I wasn't personally keen on how they looked, but... As a nod to old Western titles. I, I, I thought they were great, actually. Yeah. But... yeah, I thought it was genius to yeah. go back to the Western titles with a whip pan. Yeah, there were lots of whip pans. Sort of a lot of whip, whip cracks with the whip yeah. pans. As well. like, yeah, very appropriate. Character introductions, when you turned around to look at Leo DiCaprio for the first time, the camera just zooms in perfectly. There, there was lots of that going on. Mm, um, it's fantastic. It was excellent. A lot of people getting shot. There's a lot of violence in this one. It is an 18 certificate, and... Um, yeah, there's lots of, um, I wouldn't say gore, it's more bloody. bloody it's, yeah. it's a lot of blood. Yeah, there's lots of blood sort of splatting. But, um, it looks amazing yeah. on camera. Though. It's good. It is definitely, Tarantino needed to do a western at some point and, and this was, was perfect. Pulled off. Um, he does have a cameo in his own film. Um, you see Tarantino towards the end. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, but I thought he had just a bit too much of a role. I have to do disagree with you on this one because in some of his other works, which we might discuss later, um, <laughs> he has had bigger roles. Yeah, I yeah I think he had a bigger role. So, yeah. um, it just knocked it out of sync for me, to be honest. I mean, you saw him and you were like, "Oh, it's Tarantino, yeah, yeah." But then he started talking in this Australian accent. I thought it was supposed to be too... Irish. That, that's yeah, how bad his the, accent was. It was the just accent. a bit too distracting for me. And I mean, through, throughout that last... So it kind of made you aware you're watching a movie. Almost. Yeah. You, you, you're kind of like absorbed into this wonderful world that has been created for you by mm. the director and then, ironically, you get pulled out of it by right. the director. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it just didn't, didn't work for me. Because um, that, that last sort of half an hour of the movie, I was like, this could have ended at so many points, but I'm so glad that it didn't. Yeah, because did, it? did it feel I like wanna... two hours 40 to you? I wouldn't say it, it felt it didn't drag it didn't feel no, long didn't, I just thought it could have ended there it could have ended there but it didn't it, kept, it, it shouldn't it kept have going. ended where no, you, no, you kept yeah, thinking yeah. it did you feel like no they're not yeah. going to do Django part 2 <laughs> like Kill Bill again it felt like a journey it was really nice at, at no point did I think of Christoph Waltz's character in um, 
Inglorious. Inglorious Bastards. I never thought of that. And I thought I would because he's so evil in that and he's so perfectly evil and menacing. And his character is completely different in this. He kind of... Um, he, you're meant to like him. He's you're a killer me- with a good heart. Exactly. And you... Um, yeah, I didn't at any point think, oh, he's, he's the guy from Inglorious Bastards. I, I really kind of empathised with his character and I thought, yeah, he's doing a real good job. I, I really, really enjoyed his performance. And yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, um, what was the thing? He um, he smashed his hand down in one yeah. scene mm. on some glass and cut it and um, carried on without um, without stopping it. And that's the cut just... used in the movie. Yeah. That's so, really good. Uh, yeah. And so then... there's, there's suddenly loads of blood on his hand, but then there's a um, a girl sat in the corner and he kind of wipes his hand all over her face and it must oh, have been just horrible that for her. that is not fake. <laughs> Poor girl. The thing with Christoph Waltz that really like, impressed me throughout the film, you got the feeling that he was in control. Mm. And it, it just felt secure when he was around. From the moment you see him sort of in his little wagon. You nod to yourself, don't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not disguised, but his alias is that he's a, a dentist and um, his, his wagon has this little wobbly tooth on the top. There's also a hilarious scene where there's um, a group of people who want to go and kill him for being a, um, a slave lover, a nigger lover, because they say the word nigger so many times so in that film. Um, but yeah, that's caused some controversy which but, i don't yeah. see why it should to be it, honest it, it wouldn't is based have... on the time where it was vocabulary was based around that word with all the things yeah, it, and it should have been I done just... maybe it was done a bit too much but it didn't particularly it's a, it's bother a stylistic me no it, thing, isn't it? yeah exactly it was with the style and yeah. it shouldn't have bothered you from mm. disliking the film because mm-hmm. it was fantastic um, but yeah, there's a scene where um, they go to try and kill Django and Dr. Schultz. Yeah. Um, and they, they've all the, got masks the, on. Uh, these are the forefathers of the Ku Klux Klan, and they're all testing out uh, wearing white hoods in this scene. <laughs> and it goes very wrong for it's all the hilarious. for all the yeah. smallest the reasons. They all love them. Like, right, we all thought the masks were a good idea. <laughs> Maybe we try them next time and no do them properly. Spoilers. <laughs> it was good. It was very funny that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a very good light-hearted comedy to it. I think, mm. The mm-hmm. whole film, so yeah, just warms you. It does. Even though there's a lot of violence and death. Samuel Jackson's character. Yeah, it's very good. Didn't expect. Didn't it's... really expect it actually. I didn't actually know he was in the film till I sat down and touched him. Mm. I was like Samuel L. Jackson. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he had a lot of comedic value. Yes. And um, yeah, there's there's he comes into his own. I was talking to um a friend Alex Herbert, but basically he said Samuel L. Jackson's best role. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I really thought he was very Samuel L. Jackson, like not different from any other character he has played in other movies. Mm. But Samuel L. Jackson really suited the role he had, mm. so mm-hmm. he pulled off. Yeah, as you said, made for him. Really. Yeah, it's perfect. The end um, fight scene in the house just goes above and beyond. To it's it's clever, it's it's witty, and it's it's violent. Perfectly, perfectly <laughs> it is, violent. Yeah, it's bloody bloody. So yeah, we definitely, definitely recommend this film. I would say out of five stars, if we do the Empire five stars yeah, thing. If we do Empire five. <laughs> yeah, five I'd, stars. I'd probably say five as really? well. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely go and check this movie out. Let's move on to a section called... In Production! Okay, this film technically isn't in production anymore uh, because it came out in the UK today. But we're going to talk about Steven Spielberg's Lincoln, which stars Daniel Day-Lewis as... President Lincoln. This settles the fate for all 
coming time. Not only of the millions now in bondage, but of unborn millions to come. Shall we stop this bleeding? And um, yeah, it looks excellent. So it's been nominated for 12 Academy Awards. Including Best Picture. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. We're all going to go see this this week at some point. Do you think um, it's a favourite to win Best Picture? Maybe, maybe. Hmm. Um, but I was reading a thing because Daniel Day-Lewis is a method actor and I've really enjoyed some of his other films. So you've got like Gangs of New York, which he's excellent in. And, um, There'll be blood. There will be blood. Is We're watching the milkshake scene on YouTube yeah. Just, yeah. just a few hours ago. Um, so I think he's going to do a great job. And he was deciding on the voice he should use to portray Lincoln. Um, and so that Steven Spielberg would be the first and only person to hear the test of it. Um, once he decided on the voice, he recorded it on an audio tape and put it in a box with a skull and crossbones on it <laughs> and sent it off to Steven Spielberg, which would be amazing to receive, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, this film looks looks great. I'm really excited for it. Theo, have you got any, any comments? I'm just excited to see Daniel Day-Lewis again, really. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen... He, he doesn't do many films for some reason. Yeah, he's very selective. Every, every movie he's in, he's really good in, though. There's one that I don't like... Um, it's like Jack and and something like that. Oh. Uh, there's one movie that I don't like, <laughs> All right. uh, but that's it. The, the rest, he's um, he's excellent. Um, who else was it? Because we saw some uh, Tommy faces. Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones is in this. And Jason Gordon-Levitt yeah. seemed to have some sort of minor role at the very least. <laughs> saw him for a millisecond on the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> um, the lady who plays Lincoln's wife apparently begged Steven Spielberg for the role. She was like, okay. she really, wow. really wow. wanted to do it. Um, it and who was originally going to be Lincoln? It was going to be Liam Neeson. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but then they were like, no, he's too old. And like Daniel Day-Lewis is only five years younger than him. But I think, um, yeah. That was a good decision. Yeah, it much better suited to the role, definitely. Yeah. Because you can't really have... I mean, Day-Lewis even looks more like Lincoln. Yeah, the trailer really got me excited. It's, it's going to be good. Mm. Yeah, it really got a good impression. Okay, and now it's Theo's turn to do the top five. Top five. Okay, I'm going to start my top five this week. Come on, what is it? I've been asking you. You for have ages. been asking me. It is okay. It's a unique one, but it's not as good as you think it's going to be. It is top five robots in films. Right. I know what your number one is. Do you? I don't think you do. Let really? me just clarify. I'm not going to have. How should I put this? Humanoids or androids in it? So you're not going to see Terminator. You're not going to see replicants from Blade Runner and you're not going to see Robocop or anything Does like that. Does this include animated? It inc- it has one animated Are one in it. Are you talking about the Disney one? <laughs> I'm talking about the Iron Giant, man. Oh. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> I just blown this wide open. You have just blown this wide open. Did you forget about the Iron Giant? Maybe I did forget about the Iron Giant. Okay, I let's, think let's that... hear the top five. So let's go. I consider, I, can hit, I consider him more of an alien than a robot. Yeah. Okay. He's humanoid. All right. Right then. Um, I'll, I'll start by doing the numbers. So okay. let's, let's go for Number five is Gertie from Moon. Oh, uh, Kevin Spacey, the Kevin Spacey little the... robot. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's just he's just a nice character. At first, you think like 
you know, it's, it's kind of a nice character. And you think, oh no, maybe it's yeah, gonna it be kind evil. of has that two thousand and one kind of mm, howl. Exactly. You think, oh no, it's going to be evil robot in space, but no, no, it's really nice. And the, the smiley face is a bit ominous, but then with Kevin Spacey's voice in it, yeah, I really he's, like that character. He's got little emoticon things which just add some flesh to an otherwise. He's he's a cube basically mm. with, uh, with a emoticon thing on it, him. Yeah, it is just there to provide comic relief at some points, mm. but it does it well. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a very dark topic, I think. Mm. Okay, moving on. Number four is Wally. Uh, Wally. Yeah, what I was thinking. Of, uh, yeah. Okay. He's you, lovely with his a little s- pet cockroach and yeah. As you may or not, may not know, I'm not actually an especially big fan of the film i love the first 30 minutes of it though i think that is really really good the first thing where there's not any dialogue yeah, pretty much no dialogue. yeah then when you get to the humans it's not so good but just when you see wally sort of like traipsing around his little surviving, surviving little world and he yeah. collects everything he's really adorable little character there mm. and he sort of gets pushed to the sideline as the humans come along it's like you've seen enough of this character he's not very interesting he's like, yes he is interesting i want to see more of him but um yeah no i thought he was really cute and just yeah yeah it was interesting. I agree with that. Number three. This is a tie, but you'll understand why. Okay. Bit rhyme there. Uh, C3PO and R2D2. <laughs> okay. R2D2. Well, R2D2. R2D2. I, I, I did say that yeah. a bit fast. R2D2. Yeah. No, so they are the I- most iconic duo of robots. Exactly. They're, they're great together. You see them in adverts, they're part of film history pretty much and they're, they're just a bit of fun really it's the they? little noises he makes when he's on top of the ship yeah so he's outside like scouting out as, as Luke's like sh- shooting things oh come on R2 <laughs> yeah <laughs> just yeah mm-hmm. re- really nicely thought out characters I mean they're better like I imagine George Lucas was like oh we need more comic relief than because C-3PO and R2-D2 haven't really come into the universe let's have Jar Jar Binks instead oh. <laughs> and we all know where that went so in the original trilogy you had R2 and C-3PO and they were great basically mm-hmm. and those they, were the droids he was looking for yeah exactly <laughs> shut up oh I see you did that <laughs> number two it's Hal from 2001 Space Odyssey. As, as y- I can't you let can you talk, do that, Dave. You can talk about this one, Mike. I can't you... let you do that, Dave. He's, <laughs> he's just perfectly menacing. He's... It is, oh, I, I've described too many things as perfectly menacing now. You've yeah. got Christoph Waltz. Um, but yeah, he's absolutely excellent. He's um, He really gets... I really like that it's, whole it's, sort it's of under stranded, your skin, isn't it? stranded in space feel. You, like there's there's nowhere to escape to. Mm. And he's, he's kind of controlling every exit. And um, y- you know, in a film where like the doors close around a character, <laughs> it's like that. But for the for all of Hal's yeah. scenes, um... he pretty much makes the movie actually. Because if he wasn't mm-hmm. in two thousand and one, it wouldn't. I wouldn't remember as much. No, yet. exactly. Because you, you think like the first half, there's the monolith, and then there's people in space and stuff like that. But then then when Hal comes on the scene, it's pretty mm-hmm. much it actually gets to more more of a movie thing. Because 2001 is more of like an experience than a movie, I always say. But When I was doing my top five death scenes, Hal was nearly on there. Oh. But when they pulled out the computer yeah. chip, he's like, no, Dave, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then, yeah, <laughs> that that was just peachy. Nice. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> okay. And? Is this number one? This is number one. Drum roll, please. Number one. It was going to be the Iron Giant, but... Okay. Yeah, because you said that. And I think he's more of an alien... Than a robot, but technically he would be number one now. I think about it. But my old number one okay. was going to be number five from Short Circuit, which is a movie you haven't seen. Oh, it's a it's a little eighties cult classic comedy kind of thing. 
in which a robot escapes from a military base. He's, he's, he's been struck by lightning. Vaguely remember he, it. It's really quite yeah. charming, actually. He, and he, he basically goes on the run, finds this woman, and just basically lives with her. And he is, is a human robot, basically. Mm-hmm. After being struck by lightning, he's discovered his humanity, and he can read books really fast. He has wonderful lines of dialogue. He has human personality. He's basically Wally, if he could talk... And was actually funny. Yeah. <laughs> like you can imagine this doing like really badly kind of thing. Yeah. But I think Short Circuit's really good little character. Mm. And he, he's almost human, so that makes him number one. <laughs> I was thinking of um, Alan Rickman's little robot in Hitchhiker's Guide for I, I, I did briefly think that, but it's not that good a movie. So <laughs> I didn't really want to include okay, it. Fair enough. Okay, thank you, Fia. That was it, yeah. Um, it's time for a movie masterpiece with Daniel. It's time for another movie masterpiece. Right, for this week's movie masterpiece, I've chosen Pulp Fiction. Hey! Which I think is appropriate considering we have recently watched Django, yep. Tarantino. So, the, the brief summary of this um, movie is that we've got four... No, sorry, we discussed this. Three plot lines, two major, one minor. We've got... The hitmen from Mob Boss Wallace. Vincent Jules. Mm-hmm. Vincent Jules, Samuel L. Jackson, and John, John Travolta. Travolta. Thank you, sorry. <laughs> um, and we've got Butch and Bruce Brothers. Bruce Campbell, wow. Oh, no, no better. What? <laughs> it came out funny. And his partner. And um, we've got Pumpkin and Honey Bunny, who their real names are actually never revealed. But Ringo and Yolanda. Yeah. Yolanda, be cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, and they're just seemingly unrelated kind of like plot lines that seem to write, cross quite frequently in the movie, and which is a very nice touch, and it all kind of intertwines and is a very clever movie, hmm. we we think. The dialogue is hilarious. The dialogue's brilliantly little, written. Little bits between characters when they're picking out brain chunks from the back of a car. Um, just some of the lines. I'm not going to swear because last time we got in trouble <laughs> when this was broadcast on Kennet Radio. But um, yeah, the, the dialogue between characters is just so... It's like kind of screwball comedy in, in the fact that it's not conventional. It's not mm. in-your-face, laugh-out-loud. Yeah. It's just where you've got these outrageous situations and their reactions to them just... They're just... It, it's, it's effortless how they talk, really. Mm-hmm. It's... it's... None of the lines seem like forced. They don't say anything epic like "they're here" yeah. or anything. They they're just reacting to a situation, as you say. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I was reading the um the essay in the book that mm. you just gave uh, me, the Roger Ebert one. Yeah, it it said something like about the dialogue is that in a lesser film, this dialogue would be purely plot driven, but mm. the fact that it isn't is genius within itself. Mm-hmm. Like you have the casual conversations mm. that just make it entertaining. And just that more lighthearted. The tension when Mia Wallace gets stabbed through the heart yes. with a uh, yeah. with an adrenaline thing—it's it, just so tense and so incredibly done. Because um, I was reading on the IMDb thing that Tarantino wanted to be the character of um, that guy's wife. Mm, yeah, yeah, the, um, the, drug the, the guy whose house it is. Yeah. Um, Hang on, not not the wife. Yeah, so, yeah no, no, not the wife. Wanted to be the drug dealer, um, but in, instead changed to Jimmy because he wanted to be behind the camera because he felt that bit was really important. Mm. Um, was it Lance? Yeah, well, Lance, Lance was the name of the character. Yeah, his name. Um, yeah so I, I thought that that was cool. 
and the characters are really memorable. You've got Mr. Wolf, who is, is kind <laughs> of like, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's where I can see um, Tarantino's mind working, and then he developed that kind of character into what we see in, in Django. Oh, yeah. Dr. Soaps, just, <laughs> yeah. just the guy who knows what to do, the guy who knows everything that's about to happen. Mm. Um, the power of foresight. <laughs> yeah. The interesting <laughs> thing about this movie that, um, as, as you said about Harvey Cartel and everything, that Tarantino wrote the parts for the characters a mm. lot. Mm. Like, he wrote the part for Samuel L. Jackson, John Travolta... And even though he did all he writes with it with people in mind, pretty exactly, much. yeah, and they got the roles. I mean, um, I think it was. I always heard that Samuel L. Jackson almost didn't get the part. Actually, yeah, it was somebody else. It was, it was the guy who um, he, he, he plays he, Paul. He's, in he's the, the bartender yeah, in um, he Mr. Wallace's got the part, thing. So yeah. Samuel L. Jackson flew back from LA to secure his part yeah. by doing his audition again. The music. Is perfect. Yes. Yeah. Some of the music, ch- just like when um, when Vince is in Mia's apartment, just waiting for her to come down, and you've got kind of the red lipstick, um, uh, look, like talking into the microphone. Yeah. It's like I'll be down in a moment. <laughs> With the shake of a lamb's tail, wasn't it? Yeah. Ah, that's the one. Yeah. What's the sound of a preacher man? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That, that's excellent. I always forget that Christopher Walken is in that movie as well with the watch scene. Oh, it's, it's so quotable. The, the wonderful, the wonderful thing about that is a lot of people are asking other references to previous characters in your movies to Tarantino when he was filming Django, and right. he said there is one very, very minor one. And mm-hmm. in one of the bounty posters that Doctor Schultz is carrying, it says, "Um, there's like um, Co- um, Captain Colonel Crazy Coons or something, oh, yeah. which is the name of Christopher Walken's character." In oh, Pulp Fiction. Cool. Perfect. That's very Perfect. cool. Right, I've got three categories for you that I will just go around each in turn. Favourite characters is the first one. What would you say is your favourite character here? I mean, these are very hard. This would be Samuel L. Jackson's character. Um, yeah, no, just. My favourite character would be Samuel L. Jackson's character. Yes. Um, because just the lines that he comes out with, some of the monologues, and especially the ending, he's excellent in. Um, I also find it very, very funny. Well, just all where... the dialogue between Vincent and Jules is brilliant. Mm. That that yeah. last third of the movie is just I hilarious. I also wanted to mention Marcellus Wallace, who just, um, after um, the scene in the kind of basement, mm. he just... Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you went blunt there. <laughs> he um he turns to Butch mm. and Butch just sort of goes, <laughs> just like holding the shotgun. He goes, "We cool." <laughs> yeah. Actually, can I, I? I really like the French girlfriend of Butch mm. as well. Oh, the one with the I think I might like a, a pot, pot belly. A pot belly, yeah. No, yeah. that's. I really enjoyed her character for some mm. reason. I think she's just she's honest Very, in a strange yeah, way. Obscure, yeah. Honesty. Um. Next one was favourite quotes. I can do the whole thing. I'm not going to. <laughs> Just the uh, Bible sure? quote. I'll, I'll invite I, you. I would also yeah, agree with, with the Bible quote. The Bible quote um, makes the movie pretty much. I mean, like, whenever... We've shown that to friends quite a handful of times, and during many scenes of the movie, people are just, like, la- la- laughing and quite viscerally enjoying it. But when Samuel L. Jackson is quoting that thing, everybody's just dead silence. So it's, yeah. like, pure acting there. Um, Strike down upon me. <laughs> my next 
um, is favourite deaths. There are eight deaths in the movie. Two are accidental. You now, already know what our favourite is. Now, I know it this. It was in my top yeah. five deaths Now, list. I know this, and of course it's Marvin, isn't it? It, yeah, is, it Marvin. is Marvin. It is Marvin. It's Marvin. He accidentally gets shot in the face and causes so much laughter. I think the actor's name is Lamar, and he actually... What, what the screenplay originally intended for is that he was going to get shot in the throat and he was going to slowly bleed out mm. from time and then um, Vincent Jules would have to shoot him in the head for a, for a yeah. quick death. But that would make them unlikable, it was their reasoning. Yeah. So Lamar came up with the um, idea that it just a one-shot death and just a quick ender. And Tarantino loved it, so yeah. that's what they did. Awesome. A little, a little bit of trivia. Deserving yeah. of the movie masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, now it's my turn. I'm doing the quiz this week. Quiz. 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 It's the quiz. Okay, question number one. Um, In The Hobbit, Gandalf gets asked how many wizards there are. He names himself Saruman and Radagast, but then he says he can't remember the names of the other two. Why is that? Why did they do that? They're both the blue wizards, aren't they? I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, they are. Okay. Hmm. It was a production choice, so Peter Jackson had, well, not really a choice. Were they never named in the book? No, they they were. Okay. They weren't named in The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings, but the other books are talking names. Yeah, they're named in other books. Why didn't he name them in this film? Is it something like Ian McKellen can pronounce their names or something? (laughs) Okay, their names, Alatar? And Palando appear in the book Unfinished Tales, but the filmmakers don't have the rights to use any material. Oh, <laughs> they don't have so... the rights to use any material from that book. So basically, he had to go, Saruman Redegas, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was quite That's cool. That's funny. Yeah. Um, okay, question two. We've all recently seen Moonrise Kingdom and loved it, mm-hmm. but it was the first Wes Anderson movie without Owen what? Wilson. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Straight away. Yeah, it was the first um, Wes Anderson movie without any involvement from Owen Wilson. At all? Um, I think at all. Okay. Yeah, that's what the IMDb page said. Mm. Um, yeah, he didn't, um, whereas he's acted in lots of other um, Anderson's work. Yeah. And yeah, I thought that was quite cool. Okay, question three. You know Monsters, Inc.? I do. Where is it set? What's the name of the city? Monstropolis or Mon- yeah. Mon- Monstro- Monsteropolis or... uh, I was going to yeah, say Monstropolis, Monstropolis. Yeah. I just thought that was cool I never actually realised no, it was yeah, no, Monstropolis it's cool. and of course Metropolis you've got that, yeah, yeah. that link um, yeah Monsters Inc is set in Monstropolis <laughs> okay question four who is the only man to sleep with Clint Eastwood what <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would be, was it? Is he handcuffed to Tuco? So Eli Walsh is—is is that his? He's, um, he's handcuffed to him. Okay, but... so you've got um, Tuco in the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah. Basically, um, when he first came to Madrid for filming the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, mm-hmm. all of the hotels were full. So Clint Eastwood invited him to sleep over at a friend's house, and they shared the same bed. And basically, um, Eli's wife said he could boast he was the only man to sleep with Clint Eastwood. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, and question five. All of the clocks in the movie Pulp Fiction are set to what time? Daniel got it. Daniel did get it. I was going to say... But that's not true, actually. It's not true. Is it not? Unfortunately, there are one or two clocks that haven't been set to that time. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. One's 15 past eight, and the other one's 7.30. This is 
that was cool. <laughs> this is near the end of the movie. Oh, so why are they? 420 it's... is a code name for yeah, marijuana. It is. In drug dealers' ah, terms. So and so really... in Lance's house, they're all set to 420. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, sorry I got a question wrong there. Like, yeah, <laughs> as kind of reward, you just get full marks for that quiz. Yeah. Well, um, okay, that is the end of the podcast this week. Sorry that um, we haven't been doing it recently. Uh, this is the start of season two of the podcast. It's the start of the new cinema season, more or less, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They ran out of stuff to watch last year. Um, so hopefully we'll be back soon, and we'll see you then for another hot cup of film. I've been Mark. I've been Theo. And I've been Daniel. Thanks, guys. <laughs>